love him, we adore him this day, and we give him praise and we give him glory. Amen. Amen. We thank God for who he is in our lives. Amen. We, just, we worship him and we praise him. The book of Judges, chapter number 15, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 9. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we come before you now and we ask in, in the matchless name of Jesus Christ that, Father, you would come and you would just sit with us and dine with us today, Lord. Father God, we pray that you would just bring forth your word and open up the doors of heaven. That, Lord God, we may receive that which you have set forth unto us, God. Father, we thank you now for your word, God. We thank you, Father God, for the encouragement, God. We thank you, Lord God, for the for the praise and the worship, Lord God. Letting us know, God, that in this season you are going to do some things. But God, it is our plea and our cry that you do not do it without us. Lord, we thank you for it right now. We just glorify you, we praise you, and we honor you. This is your servant's prayer. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. 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 Judges chapter number 15. Judges chapter number 15, where the Lord is going to begin with us today. Judges chapter number 15, starting with verse number 9. The Lord has brought some words of encouragement today. Amen. Praise God. Judges chapter number 15, beginning reading at verse number 9. Verse 9 says, Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah, and spread themselves in Leah. And the men of Judah said, Why are ye come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson, or we come up, to do to him as he has done to us. In verse 11 says, Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock, Edom, and said to Samson, Knoweth thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. Verse 12 says, And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake to him, saying, No. But we will bind thee fast, and deliver thee into their hand. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords, and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Leah, the Philistines shouted against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loose from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, with the jawbones of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass have I slain a thousand men. Verse 17 says, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramah Leah. And he was so athirst and called on the Lord and said, 
thou have given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. But God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereof. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore he called the name thereof in Hakkor, in Hakkor, which is to live unto his unto this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines twenty years. Amen. Let the Lord have a blessing to His great word. Now let's go back to verse number nine. We're going to break this down. I'm going to pull this back so I can see everybody. Going back to verse number nine. These words have meanings here. Verse number nine says, Then the Philistines. Now the word Philistine or Philistine means rolling in the dust. In other words, wallowing in flesh. Because see, man is made out of the dust of the earth. So then said, Then the Philistines went up. And the rolling in the dust of uh, uh, rolling in ourselves or rolling in our flesh, it says they went up. They had to ascend. Now, there's a reason why our flesh has to ascend. Because, see, our flesh is not where our spirit is, so therefore it has to ascend. Because we do know that God has seated us in heavenly places. That's why it had to ascend. We have been seated in, how, uh, in heavenly places. So then the Philistines went up. They ascended. And watch this. And pitched in Judah. Hmm. Flesh likes to rest in our praise. Hmm. The Bible said they pitched in Judah and spread themselves and live. Now, the word spread themselves means the flesh began to expand itself in our praise. Flesh will expand itself. Once it expands itself, then what happens is we're not able to praise God as we are. There's not, there, there will not be a place of celebration. But that word there, Leo, L-E-H-I, Lee, means jawbone. You want to remember that. The Hebrew word meaning for that word is called jawbone. It also means on a hollow place. And the name of this message, the title of this message is, is the hollow place. The hollow place. It says they spread themselves in that hollow place. Now we can remember the, the hollow place. There's something very significant about the hollow place that the flesh doesn't know about. Now, verse 10 says, And the men of Judah said, Why are you come up against us? Judah meaning praise. He's talking to the flesh. So why are you coming up here where we're in a, a place of celebration against us? And then this is how, how, how our flesh will answer. It says, to bind Samson. See, our flesh always wants to bind something. Mm -hmm. To bind Samson or we come up. Now, understand something. In order for us to be bound, our flesh has to, 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 to set itself upon the throne. We get that, 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 that thing called the idol within us. It has to position itself upward. It wants to bind. And the word Samson there says, to bind Samson or we come up to do to him as he has done to us. Now, the word bind and the word Samson. Now, the flesh wants to bind. In other words, the, the flesh wants to place a harness or a yoke on us. Now, the word Samson means sunlight. So, therefore, what flesh is really trying to do, it wants to bind our light. 
Now let's look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. I'm just going to walk through a few places here. St. Matthew chapter number 5. And we're going to be looking at verse number 14. Because we have to understand what's the purpose. Why is it ascending? Why is it doing? Why is our flesh doing to us? Why is it doing? Matthew chapter 5. Let's look at verse number 14. Remember now, it wants to bind Samson. It wants to put a harness. It wants to place a yoke. 14 says, ye are the light of the world. You see, if our flesh can put our, put our light out, that means the world cannot get any deliverance. So it says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. So God has positioned, he has elevated. So what, what flesh is really trying to do is trying to bring us down. Bring us down. But remember now, there's a hollow place. And the hollow place is not what we think it is. Because it produces something. It, it produces something. It, it, it bears something, that hollow place. So, so what's happening when the, when the question comes forth, immediately they begin to tell, we want to bind the sunlight. Hmm. Because of what you've done. You see, whenever flesh can't get its way, then it's upset. Then it wants, it's, it wants to retaliate because we put it in check. Now, verse number 11 says, now watch this. 11 says, then 3,000 men of Judah, 3,000 men, resurrection, recovering of spiritual truths, three, recovering of spiritual truths, 3,000 men of Judah, celebration, praise, they go to the top of the rock called Etham. Now Etham, that word means halt ground or fortress. Halt ground or fortress, that's what it means. So these 3,000, those that have that recovered from that spiritual truth, they go up to this rock and now they're talking to Samson. Now look at the conversation. Now remember now, these 3,000 supposedly has recovered from spiritual truth. But if we take note, they have joined in with the enemy. <laughs> so then the 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock. They went to the top, meaning they went up. And said to Samson, to that sunlight, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? I thought they had been resurrected. But here, I mean, they operate in praise, but yet, they're saying that the Philistines, which means rolling in the dust, mean rolling in our flesh, they said uh, they're rulers of us. So are they really spiritually delivered or what? Have they really been resurrected? Uh, think about it. Just literally think, think about God's word. It says, uh, 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 knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? Sometimes we give our flesh too much credit. <laughs> They gave it leeway. They gave it power. So do, do you not know? They're rulers over us. And then it says, what is this that thou has done to us? You know, a lot of times we don't like, you know, a, a, a confrontation. So that would, therefore we'll, we'll back up. About like, as the man and I was talking this morning, about like Obama. You know, he kind of backing up a little bit instead of standing, standing still, standing flat-footed and doing what he needs to do. So, so what's saying is, what is this that thou has done unto us? And he said unto them, 
as they did unto me, so have I done unto them. Twelve. Now look at the dark side. Twelve says, and they said unto him, we are come down to bind thee. Now remember in the beginning they went up. They went up. Now, the dark side of it, now they come down. They come down to bind. See, flesh cannot bind you while, uh, while you're in an elevated place. It can only bind you when you're in a low place. So, so what's happening is that they came down. So, and they said unto him, we are come down to bind him. So in other words, they left their position. They came down to bind they can't, they can't. Flesh cannot bind us if we're in that spiritual elevated place with God. He said, we, they came down to bind us that we may deliver thee into the hands of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, swear to me that you will not fall upon yourselves. Fall upon me yourselves. 13 says, and they spake unto him saying, no, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hands. But surely we will not kill thee. Now watch this. It says, the latter part of 13 says, And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. Stay. And they bound him with two new cords. First mistake, flesh makes. And he said, how God is this a mistake? He said, go to Matthew Chapter number 16, St. Matthew, you'll see the first mistake flesh will make. Matthew, chapter number 16, hmm. verse number 19. First mistake, first mistake, first mistake, first mistake. They bound him, first mistake. Bound him with two new cords, first mistake. Matthew, chapter 16, verse number 19. 19 says, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So the first mistake they did, they brought heaven in agreement with what they were doing to Samson. You see, heaven, the first mistake, whenever you bring heaven into agreement with what you're asking God for, then you got heaven on your side. So now heaven is in agreement. They didn't realize what they were doing. Now heaven is in agreement, so they bound it. They bound it, so they bound it. Heaven's in agreement. If you flip over to, to St. Matthew chapter number 18, and you look at verse number 18, chapter 18, verse 18 in Matthew. It says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. That means it's been brought into agreement. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 19 says, Again I say unto you, that if two, that's the covenant. Again I say unto you, that if two of you, shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Number one, first mistake they made, 
when they begin to bind and first mistake that our flesh will make is when, when they begin to bring heaven in agreement. Because, see, they didn't understand they were bringing heaven in agreement. And the second mistake they made is that they bound them with two new cords. In other words, that word two means covenant. So not only is heaven is in agreement with us, but now we're in covenant with what's going about to be taking place. Covenant. I was like, oh God, that's awesome. Two new cords. The covenant. Now look at Ecclesiastes chapter number four. Ecclesiastes chapter number four. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Ecclesiastes chapter number four. Verse number 12. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Remember now, covenant. Covenant. Mistake, first mistake, they brought heaven in agreement. Second mistake is that was a covenant. Two cords. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter number 4, verse number 12, says this. 12 says, and if one prevail against him, two, covenant, shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So when, when, when things are brought into agreement, you've you got heaven, you, you, you've got the covenant, and now you've got the cord. So all of them have been brought into agreement. Now there's a threefold cord which is not quickly broken. Then you, when you look at verse number 9 in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he have not another to help him up. So what they did was, when, when they thought Samson, that the sunlight was in that position, to what they didn't understand, that the two that they brought into a covenant agreement with Samson was heaven and the covenant of God himself. So he was walking in the covenant now. So they thought, they thought they had binding them up, but they really did not understand what was really going on. Remember the hard place. Remember the hard place. Verse 14 says, look again, and say they brought him up. From the rock. They're going back up now. 14 says, And when he came unto Lee, the Philistines shouted. Remember now that when they came, when they brought him to that hollow place, the jawbone, and that hollow place is a place that flows with water. Hmm. That's different. So when they brought him there, so then it said the Philistines shouted, flesh began to shout. Make a joyful noise. Do you know how flesh, when it thinks it's done, what it's going to do, it makes a joyful noise. You know, it, you know, it makes a joyful noise. Give you, God said, let me give them this example so they can see through the word. Revelations, chapter number 11. Now, we've been here before. Revelations, chapter number 11. Revelation. Whenever, whenever the, 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 our flesh thinks it has the upper hand, then what happens, it will rejoice. It'll rejoice. See, the Philistines, they, they threw a party. They, they said the word shouted. That means they made a joyful noise. Like, why did they make a joyful noise? Why do our flesh make a joyful noise? Revelation chapter number 11. This is what God says in verse number 10. Y'all remember two witnesses? And we had this a while back in the book of Revelation. All right, it says, verse number 10 says, And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelleth on the earth. You see, when we're walking in the spirit, we torment the flesh. 
So whatever, whenever flesh thinks it has its upper hand, it starts shouting. It starts rejoicing. That's what it starts rejoicing. Verse 11 says, but and after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood up on their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. So they, they rejoiced, but what they didn't realize, they didn't read the rest of the story. Uh, is that Paul Harvey that says that's the, the, about the rest of the story? Because something happens, something happens when, when, when the enemy thinks he has the upper hand on us. Verse 14, the latter part says, and, and when he came to live, the Philistines shouted, and they made a joyful noise against him. And, say, the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his veins loose from off his hand. I said, God, what you're saying? He said, whenever the enemy does what he does to you, he said, what's really happening? He begins to activate the Spirit of God in you. And when he begins to activate the, the Spirit of God in you, all of a sudden God says, you'll rise up mightily. And those very things that the enemy thinks he had bounded you with, the Bible says it'll become like flax. I said, God, what that means, flax that's burnt? He says, just like burning linen, it'll, it'll consume, it'll disintegrate. And see, and what happened was when that takes place, when God begins to does what he does through the Spirit in us, then the Bible says that those, those things that had our hands, which is our power, it'll become loose from off his hands. Those bands became loose from off his hands. That word hands, that means power. So when, 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 when we begin to allow the Spirit to do what God says it's going to do, then those bands, those shackles <laughs> that has us bound, those shackles, what will happen then, they'll be loose, and we'll have that power once again. But then that power will take us into another direction. It'll take us to another direction. Because then when we look at verse number 15, that was almost done. When we look at verse number 15, he says, and he found a new jawbone. He found a new jawbone. You see, now he got a new direction. It's new. He finds a new jawbone, a new hollow place. But something's about different about this hollow place. He says he finds a new jawbone of an ass. I said, jawbone of an ass? God, why not a jawbone of a lion? He says, because an ass knows the master's crib. You know, when you look at the book of Isaiah, chapter number one, it says the oxen knows his master, and the ass knows his master's crib. So in other words, he knows his birthing place, and his birthing place is in the spirit. I said, God, you're just so bad. I, mm. Okay, all right. Then he says, and he put forth his hand. See, when he gets that new, new, when he begins to operate in that new hollow place where water flows, where the water flows, where the water flows, then he put forth his power, his hand, and he said, and he took it, and then he said, he slew a thousand men therewith. He got a revelation. He got a revelation. A thousand men. That which God had given him, that new jawbone, the, the new hollow place where the water flow, he reaches into there. And when he reaches into there, he's able to slew a thousand men. I said, a thousand. God said, yeah. So you don't know the power that you possess. Go to Joshua 23, verse number 10. Joshua chapter 23. It's right. Yeah, Joshua 23, verse number 10. You see, we worry about, when we have heaven in agreement, we're in covenant with God, 
then we we can take one one can do some things. One can do some things. One person. Joshua chapter number twenty three, verse number ten. It says, "One man of you shall chase a thousand. See, Samson got a revelation. His revelation was he could put a whole lot of demons to flight. Him by himself, because now he's got the new jawbone. He got he got the jawbone of an ass. He knows the birth and place where, where, where God brings his deliverance. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you. See, we are not in this battle by ourselves. It's the Lord that fighteth for you, and he has promised you. Y'all remember the covenant there? That's that promise, the covenant. See, when he came into agreement, when he came to agreement with that covenant, then he was able to begin to do what God said he was able to do. He could, he could slay a thousand men by himself. With, with that with that place where God had took him to. Because then the Spirit came mightily upon him. The Spirit came mightily upon him. How about that covenant? Can't, God promised that. As he has promised you. See, that's the promise of God. That is the promise of God. That once we're in covenant with him, then he will begin to do some awesome and mighty and great things through us. And we can slay the giants. No, no about y'all, but we can slay the giants. We can slay the giants. Going back to Judges, chapter number 15, going back to the book of Judges, remembering the hollow place. Remember that. Now, he's, he's found a new, a new jawbone of an ass. He's put forth his power. Now he comes to the revelation that through that power God has given him, he's able to slay or slew or destroy a thousand men. And verse number 10 says, and Samson says, with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps. He boasted now. He, 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 he's caught up in it. Said, you know how it is when, when you're in a battle and, and, and you got victory. You feel pretty good, don't you? I don't know about y'all, but whenever I go into battle and I come out victorious, I feel pretty good. I really feel pretty good. I mean, because God is an awesome God. When you really see the, the manifestation of the power of God operating, I really feel good within my soul. I really feel good. So so he's feeling good. See, then the, something takes place with the sunlight. Hmm. 16 says, and Samson said, with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass, have I slain a thousand men. 17 says, and it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and call that place Ramoth Leah. That word Ramoth Leah means the seat of, the, of our idolatry. The seat of idolatry. Which means at the height of sin. He threw that away now. He, he was no longer at that place at the height of sin. Because see, he had operated in that place of a height at the height of sin. That's what that word means. He comes to that realization. He said, I can throw this away now because I'm no longer at that height of sin. No longer at that place of sin. Now, verse number 18. Now, these, these are key verses, 18 and 19. 18 says, and he was so athirst. See, when you come out of battle, when we come out of battle, we, we are thirsty. We're, we're drained when we come out of battle. We're, we're, we're drained. And, and it says, and he was so athirst. And he called on the Lord. Hmm. 
he calls on the Lord. In, uh, coming out of battle, and God is giving them great deliverance, he calls on the Lord. Now, he acknowledges that he was at the height of sin, in that seat of idolatry, in that seat of sin. He acknowledged that. He, he, he threw that away. But then he begins to call on God because, see, now he's thirsty. He, he, he's thirsty now. You know, you know how it is when you thirst for God. And, and, and nothing can satisfy it except God. It's just like sometimes on a hot day, you know, sometimes you can drink water and you, you, you can drink some other things. But sometimes it takes a good old Pepsi Cola to quench our thirst. So, so it's the same way when it comes down to the spirit. There's something just won't satisfy the void that's on the inside of us. So we are thirsty and we, and we need only what can satisfy that thirst. And, and what satisfies that thirst is when it begins to call on the Lord. Whenever we call on God, God, God said, come on to me. He said, you don't need no money. So you don't need that. Just, just come on to me. He said, I'll satisfy your, I'll satisfy your thirst. And he says, and he was so at thirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou have given this, not just a deliverance, but a great deliverance. So that battle was rough. It was a great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. And now shall I die thirst? In other words, God, you have delivered me. So I'm thirsty now. You mean tell me you won't let me die after you let, let, let this great battle, I get this great deliverance. You won't let me die? God, I'm thirsty. I, I need more. There's something else still missing. Something else still missing. He got deliverance. The Bible said it was a great deliverance. But something else is still missing because he's praying to God to satisfy that thirst on the inside. Mm. He said, now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? In other words, do I have, will I have to fall again into the hands of my flesh? No. I, 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 need, I need something else. Amen. You delivered me, but Lord, I need something else. Amen. You know how it is. You know, you, you know how it is when, when, when God has done great and miraculous things in our lives, and then all of a sudden you're back at that same place like bored, there's something missing. You know how it is. You say you need something else. Says so God, I'm needing something else. It's like it's just like God. I, I'm, something is missing. I'm not satisfied. I'm still thirsty. God, something else I need because for some reason I can't seem to go forward. Hmm. He said. He said. He says. And I know you don't want me to fall back into the hands of the uncircumcised. I know you don't want me to fall back in that same old place where I was. I know that God. And then, but number number nineteen says, but. Remember now, when he called on the Lord, now verse 19 says, but, which means it cancels out some stuff. But, but, watch God. When, when we call out. Anybody need some deliverance today? Anybody got some situation in their life that needs some deliverance? Some situation in our lives we know we need to be delivered from. God said the first thing we got to do, we got to call out to him. And whenever, sister, oh, I feel that. Sister, God, whenever we call out to God, we can rest assured that God will deliver. Amen. God will come to our rescue. Because the Bible says in number 19, it says, But God clave a hollow place that was in the jar. Said, God. But God, he cried out now. But God clave a hollow place that was in the jar. And there came water, spirit. <laughs> there came water down. And when he had drunk, 
his spirit came again. So that means that that's some water that we got to drink from. That spiritual stream of life. That's what we got to drink from. It says, when he had drunk, his spirit came again. Would you let me know, okay, Holy Ghost? When he drunk of his water, that's when his spirit came again. So in verse number 18, he just got deliverance. He didn't get no water. His spirit didn't come to 19. And God claimed a hollow place that was in a jar. And there came water down. And when he had drunk, when he put forth the effort to drink from the fountain, that's when the spirit comes. Hmm. When he had drunk, his spirit came again. And what? He revived. All the way we can revive is when we drink from the living water. Amen. That's when, when we will revive. That the, that's when our thirst is quenched. When we drink from the fountain of the living water. And he revived. It says, wherefore he called the name thereof in Hakor, which is in Leah until this day. And I said, God, what does that word mean? Mm -hmm. That word there in Hakor means fountain of one's calling. Huh. I said, what God? He said, that's the fountain of one's calling. So where God allowed him to drink from is the fountain where he was being called from. The fountain of one's calling. So that's the only thing that was, could satisfy the thirst, that he would begin to operate in his calling. I'm operating, that's the only thing. Even though they, he wanted some other things, decided some other things, but only till he got to that place and God gave him what he needed, that spiritual water that he needed, he named that place. And that place was the fountain of one's holy. The fountain is where the, the water flows. That hollow place is where the water flows, the hollow place. Now, let's go to Isaiah chapter number 40. And we, we just about done. Just about done. We have a short, short Isaiah chapter number 40. Chapter number 40, verse number 29. Remember now. He named that place where he received that water, the fountain of one's calling. 29 says, He giveth power. Oh my God. He giveth power to the faint. Now, Samson was faint. <laughs> he giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. You see, our source is God. Our source is God. See, he giveth power. Now, remember now, his power was bound, but he was loose when he came in covenant with heaven and, and, and the covenant. And so he giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. If you don't have no might, God says, I'm going to give you strength. He increases strength. That means that strength level was low, but the word of God said he will increase his strength. Then when we look at Isaiah chapter 41, verse 17. Verse 17. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 17. 17 says, when, when the poor and the needy seek it water. <laughs> Now, y'all hear that now. Not the strong. 
But see, you got to come to the realization that you're poor and you need it. Yeah. <laughs> God specified that. Yeah. When you're poor and you need it. Not that you've already arrived. But when you're poor and needy, when the poor and needy seek water, you got to come to understanding, God, I can't do it without you. I can't do it without you. When the poor and the needy seek water, and there is none, you're in a dry, dry season, there is none. Then the Bible goes on to say, and their tongue faileth for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear thee. You see the promise? I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the Lord, will hear them. And then he goes on to say, I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. When we cry out and let the Lord know that we're thirsty, and God puts us in that, that hollow place where the fountain where our calling is, then God says, when you acknowledge that you poor and you need it and you need me, he says, then, then and only then, he says, I'll hear you. Not only will you hear you, but he also said, I won't forsake you. See, that's more than what man will do. Man will forsake you. Man will forsake you. But God said, if you acknowledge that you're poor and you need it and you need help, that's what the Lord said. Anybody need some help today? Amen. So I'm going to kick up my feet, both of them, because I need help. See, God can't bring deliverance until we acknowledge what we are. He said, you've got to acknowledge that you're poor and you're needy. In other words, you need some help. That's what God said. This is what we've got to announce to God. That's when the, when the water flows. That, that's when the living water in our belly becomes that, that, that spring that's on the inside of us. See, we've got a well on the inside of us. And, and, and see, sometimes it seems like it's so hollow, but let me tell you something. When we begin to call on God, that, that water will come up and it will rush up and it will water the very avenues of our soul. God will not forsake us. Verse 18 says, and watch what God said he'll do. When we acknowledge we're poor and we're needy. Now, hear what God said he'll do in verse number 18. 18 says, God says this, I will open rivers. Hmm. Only when we acknowledge that we're poor and we're needy. God says, I will open rivers in what kind of places? High places. You, you, you have a river in, in the elevated places. He said, I will open not just a river. But he said, I will open rivers with an S. I will open rivers in high places. Then he said, fountains in the midst of the valleys. Even in our lower state, even when we're trying to get a breakthrough, God said, I got a fountain right there. You see, when God does things, God does things. He knows our end from our beginning. He knows where we're, wherever we travel, God is right there. He said, I'll put a fountain in your dry place. Because you know why? He said, because I'm God. He said, I'm God. He said, at your very breakthrough, he said, I'll provide a fountain there for you. And he said, and he goes and say, in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the valley, he said, I will make the wilderness a pool of water. The wilderness. Wilderness is, is this old way of life. God said, in this old earthly way of life, he said, I will make a pool, a pool of water and the dry lands and the dry land springs of water. So God said, if you got a drought, he said, what I can do for you if we acknowledge that we're poor and needed. He says, I, I, I will put a spring of water in your drought. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Anybody got, dry, got some dryness in them? Need some water? Need some, God said, this is what I'll do. This is what I'll do. I will open rivers and high places 
and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. God is awesome. God is awesome. There's a hollow place in each one of us, and it flows with water. That's what the flesh do not know. That, that's the mistake he also made when he allowed Samson to get that new job on. Because he, he thought it was just hollow. He had not a clue that there was water in that hollow place. So God is saying to us, there's some water in our hollow places in us. And all we got to do is call on God and he will, he will bring forth a reservoir of water within our bellies that it will flow like, like a river's of water. It will continually flow in us. That hollow place, the hollow place, the hollow place that flows with water. It's powerful. The hollow place that flows with water. All right, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. We're going to pray. Let's stand. Amen. Amen. The hollow place. The hollow place. The hollow place.